Dear listener, it's a great joy that you choose to join me. This is Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. Please keep tuned to this station until the end. I'm your presenter, Samuel Marangi. This is your favorite new life program with interesting segments just for you. Part 1 will be having a family life segment by Pastor Kigundo Ndriga. Today, he will talk about dating your spouse. Thereafter, we'll be having the Bible segment by Brother Steve Rundu. Today's topic is about stewardship of lending and borrowing. Before that, here's a song, Jesus Paid It All by Nathaniel Nyagol.
washed it white as snow. I hope that you're being blessed with that lovely song. Thank you for staying tuned. Let us now prepare to listen to Pastor Kigundu Ndwiga. Welcome, Pastor. Dear listener, we welcome you to our marriage series, The Abandoned Life. It's based on John 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am convinced that this full life, this abundant life, involves having a happy marriage. Many people say that the fire has gone out of their marriage, but today I want to tell you, that the fire can come back if you learn to date your spouse. Song of Songs 7 verse 11 to 12 says, Come, my lover, let us go to the countryside, and let us spend the night in the villages. There I will give you my love. Well, that's a pretty romantic statement, but maybe it's more than just romantic. Maybe it's also a practical method of keeping their love alive. In our married lives, there are so many things to draw us apart from one another that sometimes we have to make a concerted effort to remember to play together. As we play together and pray together, we'll find these actions will help us to stay together. It might surprise you to know that many of the problems married couples face would end if they would reinstate a dating attitude into their relationships. Likewise, engaged couples and newlyweds should continue these principles in marriage and make constant efforts to maintain them. It takes work and planning, but the rewards are well worth it. Don't mess with success. If your spouse thought you would stop doing the things that won them over in the beginning, do you think he or she would have agreed to marry you? That's a good question, isn't it? It's also a good point to keep in mind. In our search to provide proactive tools to help each of us improve our marriages, we come across other good points that you might find helpful to consider. We'll hope you'll listen to the material below and then do something about it. Don't forget to laugh and date each other again as you did when you first fell in love. It can help to feed a flame that's ready to burn out because of lack of attention. With that in mind, please listen to what Kevin Dover has to say on the subject. He has entitled the subject, Top 10 Reasons to Date Your Spouse Frequently. The hecticness of work, community service projects, Church activities and families often relegates a marriage relationship to the bottom of the list. At times, it's necessary to give attention to others. It's also important to keep something else in mind. Your spouse is the one most likely to be with you when you are teetering around with a kin. That is when you are old and therefore you must remember which side of your bread is buttered. With that in mind, take time to date your spouse regularly. Here are a few reasons why. Number one, marriage relationships are dynamic. They are life and always changing. They need to be fed and stimulated to stay alive. Number two, 
There is always something new about your spouse, and dating is a good way to create a safe environment. Your spouse is more likely to let you know what's new. Number three, invest in the future. Just like a savings account, it's easier to add a little to an existing account and watch it grow than to start a new one from scratch. That's because the interest grows exponentially over time. Number four, you got married because you dated. Think about it. It only stands to reason that a good way to stay married is to keep dating. Number five, marriage can be compared to a set of tires. During the course of driving, there is no more wear and tear. In marriage, dating serves to maintain alignment, balance, and pressure. When done well, your marriage will last a lifetime. Number six, dating is an opportunity to focus. Day in and day out, various distractions pull your attention away from your spouse. Dating each other helps you to refocus on the person on the top of your priority list. Seven, remember the good times. A good date will often brings up pre-marriage memories. Recalling memories can generate anticipation for your next meeting. Number eight, create your future. Dating lays the framework for future family gatherings. Great date attracts your spouse and family to want to spend time with you. Number nine, laughter is the best medicine. Laughing together makes it possible to hurt together when you must, and you laugh best when you did. And lastly, number 10, remind your spouse, I love you. Well, there are many ways to say I love you. A date is one of the special ways to do that and to honor your spouse. Married life obviously brings stresses that dating life does not. You might even say that dating life is more like a dream and married life is like the real world. It's true we can't keep everything the way we liked about dating in a marriage, but we can keep many of the things that led us to marriage in the first place. Therefore, as much as is realistic, you should do the things you did in the early days of your relationship. After all, that's what won the heart of your spouse, and that's what will probably continue to win their heart. If things aren't going well in your marriage, try and going back to the beginning. You might be surprised how much your relationship improves. This relationship is written by Lee Wilson, and it comes from an article called Marriage, It's Not Dating Anymore. We pray you'll find moments to share with each other and date as much as possible and make your marriage the best it can be to the glory of God. May yours be an abundant marriage for a couple enjoying an abundant life.
hope that you've enjoyed that family segment. The topic was dating your spouse. This is the New Life Program coming to you straight from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Do not forget to send your thoughts about this program to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now hear from the instruments with the song Marvelous. I will praise thee,
Sol, no es right Thank you once again for staying tuned to our station. It is time for the Bible segment. Brother Steve, welcome and bless us with the word. Stewardship in lending and borrowing. Our key text this day comes from the book of Deuteronomy, reading from chapter 23, verses 19 and 20, and I read, Do not charge your brother interest, whether on money or food or anything else that may earn interest. You may charge a foreigner interest, but not a brother Israelite, so that the Lord your God may bless you in everything you put your hand to in the land you are entering to possess. Usually, that is, lending at an exorbitant rate of interest is alive and well on planet Earth. Just ask the borrower who accepted a credit card at 3.9% only to see the rate jump in a single bound to 33.9% on the basis of an inadvertent late payment or exceeded credit limit. Deuteronomy 23 verses 19 and 20 prohibited the charging of interest or anything, loans, money, food, or anything that is lent to a fellow Israelite. Few of us need a reminder to avoid exacting exorbitant interest from those around us. Yet, as demonstrated above, we can all too easily find ourselves floundering in financial quicksand on the basis of exorbitant interest being exacted on us. Author and speaker Ken Hemphill minces no words when it comes to the subject of consumer debt and its effect on empowering kingdom growth. Some words have such a profound impact on us that they become etched in our memory. We can remember where we were when we first heard them and how they made us feel at that time. Houston, we have a problem, is one of those collections of words that may elicit such a reaction in you. When the Apollo 33 mission to the moon encountered a serious problem, it seemed nearly impossible that the crew would make it back home safely. But I will say to our nation today, America, we have a problem. In June 2002, the Federal Reserve reported that the total amount of consumer debt was uh, $1.685 trillion, $600 billion of what was credit card debt. That repayment of this debt consumes 14% of the average family's budget. This means that we have less money to spend on our own needs, little to help the poor and virtually none left for advancing the kingdom. Yes, we have a problem. But find a solution we must, because too much depends on it. The stability of our family, for example, some marriage counselors indicate that financial issues are the number one cause of divorce. Your personal witness is at stake. If you're spending a good deal of time worrying about how to pay for things or biting your nails, hoping your paycheck beats your latest bill payments to the bank, your freedom to walk in spirit alertness through the day is going to be seriously threatened. But beyond that, the advance of the kingdom 
into every corner of the world is a prime concern that is being ignored because of our problem. We must solve our debt headache if we are ever going to invade Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to Samaria, and the ends of the earth with the gospel if we are going to respond to the heartbeat of God. Let us ask God this day to be better stewards of lending and borrowing. For if we can be enslaved by the act of lending and borrowing, then we also will be enslaved in the work of not spreading the gospel of God as it is required. Let us think about this, that everyone knows consumer debt is a problem, but how can it be avoided? Is some debt okay? And how much and what kind of debt is that? Hemphill points out some ways in which debt is detrimental to a person on a spiritual level. What are some other effects of carrying a lot of debts? These are the points to act on. Many organizations offer help for people facing financial challenges or those with questions or concerns. One helpful resource is Crown Financial Money and Possession Index located in the back of this Bible. The index directs you to God's words related to finances, debt, budgeting, greed, honesty, work, and much more. Let us pray, God, that we can be better stewards of our monies that God given to us. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, Lord, we thank you for all the things that you've given unto us. Father, we thank you for the money that you've continued to bless us with, and we ask you, Lord, to teach us to be better stewards of those money in lending and in borrowing. Father, we ask you to deliver us from the bondage of debts. Make us better stewards of lending and borrowing, for I have prayed, trusting and believing in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are grateful for the time you've accorded us today. Let us meet right here at Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Don't forget to send us your views or comments to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 4276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also email us at awrnairobi at ak.adventist.org. I've been your presenter, Samuel Mang. Until then, stay home, stay safe.